<laughs> Your finger. What? what just happened? <laughs> Switzerland, and there's a big festival going on. Everyone has the day off. They're all gathering to have a good time to celebrate guns. It's a shooting competition for teenagers, and they've been doing this for hundreds of years. Hey, wie ist euch gegangen? It used to just be boys, but now it's boys and girls, and the winner is deemed the king or queen of shooting. Erst mal knabberschießen, gell? Ja, sehr schön. Und gerade gewonnen? Ja. Wie fühlt sich das an? Das fühlt sich sehr gut an. Ich bin wirklich stolz drauf. Switzerland is a peaceful, neutral country, and yet it is full of guns. The government gives its citizens guns and trains them how to shoot. Every village is required to have access to a shooting range. We have almost as many guns per head or per person here as, as in America. Back home in the United States, we also have a lot of guns. But the culture around guns is a little different. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And the country of uh, Switzerland proves that there's no need for more gun rules. Guns the number one cause of death among children in the United States, yet we don't have the will to stop it. Switzerland has the lowest crime rate in Europe. That's all we have at this point. God and our guns. Gun, gun. I really want to get to the bottom of this, this gun culture thing. Why these two countries have such vastly different relationships with guns. So I delved deep deeper than I usually delve, and found myself digging through old literature from Scottish political philosophers and looking into the constitutional archives, talking to Second Amendment experts, talking to military historians from Switzerland, and it's finally all clicked for me, and I want to share that with you. So buckle up for what is going to be a wild ride through history and an adventure through Switzerland. So, as a side note to this story, I've been finding a lot of bunkers in Switzerland, which, if you all remember, a year ago from right now, I published a video about all of the bunkers hiding in Switzerland. And now that I'm here again, I find myself stumbling upon more and more bunkers. Anyway, I also want to tell you that my trip here to Switzerland and my ability to go around and shoot at shooting ranges and spend months diving into Swiss history is made possible because of our generous sponsors who come back month after month to support our journalism. BetterHelp, who is the sponsor of today's video, is a platform that is making therapy more accessible to people. Normally what you do when you want a therapist is you like call around, you see if like a therapist has availability, here in the United States, you like check to see if like your insurance works with that therapist. You wait a few weeks, you schedule back and forth over the phone, and then maybe you see a therapist. And if they're not a good fit, like good luck, you have to do it again. With BetterHelp, you basically sign up, you fill out a survey, the survey then matches you with somebody in their giant network. They have a huge network of like 
like tens of thousands of like licensed therapists they will connect you with one that they think is a good fit for you. And you can start communicating with them right away. You can talk by phone, you can talk by video chat, or you can just do like chatting back and forth over a text message. You get to decide that. If you don't like your therapist, you can change your therapist. I went to therapy not because I had a clinical diagnosis like depression or anxiety, but because I'm a human who <laughs> has stressful things in my life and has a lot of inner voices telling me how I should think about myself and some of those voices aren't very nice and I wanted to understand my inner self and understand my mind and start to retrain it. That's what therapy is and it has changed my life in huge ways. So I'm really grateful that BetterHelp is making therapy more accessible to people via the internet. There's a link in the description of this video. It is betterhelp.com slash Johnny Harris. When you click the link, it tells BetterHelp that this ad is working and it supports this channel. And if you want to sign up for BetterHelp, you get 10% off your first month. So you can try it out at a discount, see if it works for you. And yeah, you can give therapy a try. Let's get back to the video. I'm in beautiful Switzerland here shooting guns and learning a lot about firearms. Let's go. There's the shooting range, and the targets are on this side. Oh yeah, there's the targets. Oh, I hear them, holy smoke. So they're literally shooting over the road, right there. Oh my god, there's people, jeez. There are bullets flying over our head right now? Oh my god. That, ah, that is such a weird feeling. Headed to a shooting competition right now at this shooting range, surrounded by beautiful Swiss mountains. The sound of these guns, my god, it's like a war zone. Good morning. Okay. Oh, wow. This, but it's only six rounds? Yeah. But it's single loaded, so you always have to... You always have to cock it, yeah. Then you can make the rig wider yeah. and smaller. Yeah. And you can even... Uh... As I'm standing here, you realize like the cars are right there. You could easily shoot them if you wanted to, if you were standing up. Like, I knew that this existed. I, I saw the Tom Scott video a few months ago. I thought it was like there was one crazy shooting range in Switzerland that goes over a road. I didn't realize it was common. It's a friendly competition. It's all very wholesome. You see these young kids that are like keeping score tabulating all of the results. I've been hanging out with the president of one of these shooting clubs, trying to understand a little bit better about what this event and things like this represent for these communities. The military law um, tells all the villages that they need to provide a shooting range or an, a possibility to shoot. After a while of observing this competition, they told me that it was my turn to shoot. But first, I needed to learn how to use one of these guns. Got the ammo, military provided at a discount. Just try again. Mm -hmm. So, so your right hand, right hand? Yep, I'm right-handed. Okay. Is there a telescope in there? Like, how am I seeing that far down? No, there's no telescope. There's no telescope. No. Oh, that's what makes it. You're not allowed to use any ah. any sights, any optics uh, at any competitions in Switzerland. Okay. So you're gonna make sure I don't hit any of these cars. Yeah. No, now you're not you're not able to see any cars anymore. Nope. No more cars. Okay. So no more cars. No more problems about that? Yes. Maybe, yeah, move a little bit further, yeah. You're ready? Yeah, I think I'm ready. 
Yep. Uh, Whoa. Now it's loaded. It's ready to shoot. Oh my okay. god. Okay. Target 19. Target 19. Here exactly. we go. Very slow. Now, now you pulled all the way through. Oh, I did. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about <laughs> That's that. That's why no normally we train how <laughs> that works. But you hit the target. I hit the target. Yeah. That's good. Okay. You actually hit the target. That's good. Oh, uh, there we go. Now we saw it. I'm getting better. As I shot in my first gun competition, I was surprised that my instructor kept telling me to relax, to breathe, to turn inward. Exactly. Mm, yeah, that felt now way more relaxed. The oh, oh, there we go. Here we go. Wow. <laughs> I turned inward, relaxed, and I hit the 10. Yeah. Sharpshooter over here. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is addictive. I, I definitely see, like, I'm like, I could do this all day. So this is like relax, re relaxing or calming down for me. Sometimes I, I feel like going into another world. You turn your focus from focusing outside, you're focusing inside. Wow. This is fun. Objectively, this is just fun. And it's beautiful. I'm like looking at the Swiss countryside. <laughs> it's great. My experience with guns as a kid, I would go out into the forest and like blow up like like glass bottles with shotguns. That's what what I think America <laughs> is all about. Wow, that was awesome. I kind of want to shoot again. I never thought I'd say this. Like I'm not a gun person, but I'm like I kind of want to like shoot more. Like this is so fun. I was struck by how peaceful and celebratory and wholesome this all was. So much different than the way guns are presented in the USA. So how did we get here? The story of Switzerland starts here. Well, actually down there at that lake in a little green valley where a group of people came together and made a promise to each other 700 years ago. And with that promise came a myth. The hero's name was William Tell, and legend has it that one day he refused to bow down to the king's local leader. It was a daring act of disrespect. So as punishment, the overlord forced him to shoot an apple off his own son's head. Tell aimed his crossbow carefully and released. He made the perfect shot. He continued to defy the ruler and eventually inspired the tribes in this region to launch a rebellion. Tell eventually shot the ruler dead and the rebels would go on to win their independence, banding together to start the confederacy that would become Switzerland. They first made an agreement that they would protect one another, but instead of forming a full-time standing army run by a king, they would arm and train ordinary people to fight. So not an army at all, but rather a militia. I'm now going into a shooting range that is in the mountain, in a dugout bunker. Very Swiss. It feels like the old bunker days. Yes. Exploring a bunker, but I'm in a shooting range. Mind-blowingly big, it's like, a, it's like a maze in the mountain with just a bunch of rooms shooting. <laughs> okay, so 
So now I'm fully loaded. Safety yeah. off. I'm gonna take safety off. Yeah. If you're on the target, if you are on the target and you want to shoot, you can take the safety off. Okay. Or not. Okay. The bunker is a completely different experience. Like you feel the vibration of your entire body because the echo is so extreme. I'm getting better at shooting. So back to 1600s Europe, where Switzerland remained this one peaceful confederacy protected by its citizen militia. Meanwhile, in the rest of Europe, greedy kings were using their huge standing armies to conquer one another, while Switzerland stood by training its citizens in the ways of war. Swiss citizens got so good at fighting that the Pope hired them as his personal protectors. Other empires would even hire Swiss soldiers to fight their own wars. But Switzerland itself remained almost entirely out of these conflicts on the continent. Eventually, European thinkers start to notice this peculiar Alpine confederacy, Switzerland, this place that trains their citizens to fight, and miraculously showed that you can have a republic, even in Europe, a sea of monarchy and kings. I've been reading a lot of like old European political literature and you start to see this phrase pop up to describe how Switzerland defends itself using a well-regulated militia. I saw this term a lot when I was looking through this old literature. Around 1610, this British diplomat goes to Switzerland and gawks at their well-regulated militia, how they can overturn their government at pleasure because they all know how to fight. By the way, back in like the 1600s, well-regulated militia meant like a well-organized or efficiently run militia, not like regulated in the way that we think of it today. But yeah, the idea was if you arm everyone in your society and you train them, that's actually the key to the best defense and the best preservation of freedom for the people, not just the king. This idea of a well-regulated militia spread across the ocean to a group of British intellectuals who were secretly conspiring to overthrow their own king. In 1776, they declared independence, using their own well-regulated militia to fight off a tyrannical king and his standing army. As they fought this war, a leader from Switzerland wrote to Benjamin Franklin, suggesting that this new rebel experiment called the United States should become sister republics with Switzerland. The Americans somehow won this war and got to work designing their new country. They sat down in a hot church-looking building to draft the document that would be the foundation of this experiment, a system free of kings. The founders studied the political systems of Greece and Rome. They studied the British Magna Carta, Native American confederacies, European philosophers. 
But then there was John Adams, one of the founders who was kind of obsessed with Switzerland at this time. He studied their system and he was amazed at how their militia worked, how they required everyone to have a gun and to have ammo and they wouldn't let them get married unless they did. He wrote all about this in like a treatise on different government systems right before he wrote the constitution with his fellow co-founders. Switzerland was a model. It was the republic that had resisted tyranny and been able to stay free in a Europe full of kings. And when it came time to write the actual constitution, you can see that a militia was enshrined in the constitution itself. In the constitution, the role of the militia is to protect the government, to protect the country from invasion or insurrection. And then after the constitution, it became time to draft that sacred list of the most fundamental rights that would ensure that the American project remained free and full of liberty. The first of these 10 amendments would be freedom of speech and of expression, assembly, religion, and the press. But right after that, they write the second amendment and it's about the well-regulated militia being vital, being necessary for the security of a free country. So to have a militia, the people must have arms. They must have a right to have guns. So now you have the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment, and then a few years later, the well-regulated militia idea got enshrined in law when one of the first Congresses passed a law that said that every man doesn't just have the right to have a gun, but is required to have a gun and ammo and must train to use it so that the president could call on its armed citizens as its mechanism for defense. This whole legal framework was very clearly like, yes, you can have guns, but only if you are ready to use them to defend our country from invasion or insurrection. And sure enough, George Washington had to actually use this. There was this rebellion in Pennsylvania over taxes, and George Washington called up his armed citizens to march and tamp down on these rebels, and it totally worked. The militia system was working for this young nation to ensure its freedoms with an armed citizenry, something Switzerland had been doing for centuries. Guns started out as a symbol of collective security, as collective defense, armed citizens ready to stand up to defend the country. But needless to say, things kind of changed when it came to guns in America. So how we got from that to this is the next part of this video. And in my mind, it's the most interesting version of this story because it shows us how Switzerland and the United States diverged so severely from this militia culture. Okay, but before we get to that, I wanna show you more about Switzerland today. Show you what it looks like when a country sticks to an actual militia system as their primary tool for national defense. Okay. To better understand gun ownership in Switzerland, I visited a member of the Swiss Army. Hey, 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 how you doing? Nice to meet you. Hey. Can I see your gun? Uh, of course. <laughs> that's why we came. That's why I'm here. Uh, I want to play some... Where's Waldo? Where's the assault rifle? Oh my gosh, very <laughs> You're So you just have a gun in your corner here. You want to carry it? <laughs> okay. What's interesting to me is like for you, this is like no big deal. For me, this is a giant gun. Like this is like, this is, I don't handle guns. Like I held a gun like this for the first time like two days ago. For the very no first way. time in my life. No way. Yes. Actually. I'm an American. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I was about to, that, that, that's very uncliche. Yes. Switzerland still has a militia. Every able-bodied man in Switzerland is given a uniform and a gun 
and required to join the military. So, and this is in the this is in the constitution. It's written there that every male can be forced, not only forced to do military service, but also forced to make more. So instead of 21 weeks, I did 37 weeks. And in total, I have to do like 450 days. Up until the 90s, you would go to jail if you refused to do this. Now you just have to pay 3% of your income if you don't. I was also very against the military and, and I went reluctantly. One of the first things you do in this initial training is you come to one of these clubs and you learn to shoot. It was kind of scary, actually, because it's all like 18 to 20 year old guys. And it's just like, oh yeah, we're going to go to shoot this gun now yeah. and it's like here's ammunition here's 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 the rounds and now you do what you learn after the recruits complete their training they return back to their normal jobs to their normal lives but they keep their firearm with them in their home and then they're required to come to one of these private clubs every year to practice shooting the army it's called the obligatorisch. So you obligatory or mandatory for the people to shoot. This is my shooting book. You know, every time I shoot, there is uh, there is like uh, a little report. Somebody has to sign it. Of course, when you go shooting, you just take this out. But then it's just like this. Wow. And then you go to the public transport, just like that. You're just on. Mind. Just walking around on the, on the train with your gun? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually similar to what the United States National Defense Strategy looked in like the 1800s, where every able-bodied man had a gun and was required to use it, required to be ready to defend the country from invasion or insurrection. Part of this is also being able to fight if it will be necessary. Uh, just to, you know, protect our country and this, uh, you know, self-defense thinking is part of our, you know, our people and, and from Switzerland. What Switzerland doesn't have that we have in the United States is a Second Amendment, an articulated, unambiguous right to have guns. Instead, guns are articulated mostly as a duty to protect the country. And then, secondly, comes the privilege to use guns, to compete with them, to own guns, etc. For them, the duty came first. We have a tradition of more of a liberty tradition, and there it's more of a, um, a responsibility tradition. Essentially, everybody has to go. So this is kind of like one thing that unifies a lot of the male population here. And it's mm. just like, you can meet a guy, and if he's done military service as well, you can talk for hours and hours and hours on end. And this, to me, makes all the difference. Like, these two different purposes of guns in society, whether they are a right for individuals, or the duty of the collective. I think this is a major factor that divides these two gun cultures. If you could describe Swiss shooting culture in three words, what would those words be? Wettkampf, Kameradschaft, Tradition. And this is where it all clicked for me. I had thought that Switzerland's gun culture was the product of smart laws and gun policies. But being here, it was becoming clear that it was the militia system that was at the root of all of this. The requirement for every man to learn how to shoot as the main strategy for collective national defense. Turning guns into a symbol of community and celebration. The center of large festivals all over the country, where Swiss traditions are celebrated with firearms at the center. Like that teen shooting competition in Zurich, 
or this important shooting festival that takes place at the foot of the Alps along a beautiful Swiss lake, the place where the founders of Switzerland formed their confederacy in 1291. You have so many members of the community coming out and participating in them. You're going to have fun. The shooting is fun. They'll have music. After you're done shooting, you can have some beer or wine, or and it's a family affair. And so they kept that alive. Strafe dort das untereinander mit sich zusammen sein und so weiter und da kommt, da hat's alle nicht. Da hat's von der, da hat's von Arbeiter, von Angestellten bis zu Unternehmer. Dort sind alle dort. Denn also es ist eine Gemeinschaft. Okay, we're at yet another gun club and. Once again, this gun club has a target that goes right over the top of a highway. I'm here to continue to learn what the deal is with Swiss gun culture and to see if I can get a better score than I did last time. Okay, so this is the gun we're shooting today. Gonna give it a go here? Oh, there's a kick, there's a kick on this one. Okay, here it goes. Wow, jeez. Ah, uh, okay. Man, the sound, the sound like okay. echoes, echoes through the valley. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Beginner's luck continues. Wow. Oh. Oh, here comes the score. My scorecard. Oh, but, oh. Okay, what do we have here? Also, only. <laughs> Das ist nur so groß eigentlich, wenn ein, wenn ein äh, Fünfleiber, wenn man es sagen will. It's the beginner's luck, beginner's ja. luck. This is my scorecard here. My moosh, what's it called? Moosh? Moosh. I got the moosh. Yeah, so 300 meters away. Ja. I think that this bullet just traveled across the valley, over the cars, and hit a, a thing that's this big. It's pretty satisfying. So while I'm sitting here shooting bullseyes <laughs> right below us, not only are there cars, but there's a guy just mowing the lawn. Like there's a guy mowing the lawn right there under the shooting range. This place is at once super buttoned up when it comes to guns and, and seemingly very relaxed, but it's not relaxed. As I visit these gun clubs, it's striking how much these feel like a magnet for community, a gathering place for the community a collective activity and competition that everyone in the community can enjoy. I'm so used to guns being associated with danger and division and politics and fear, but here it just has such a different feel than what I'm used to. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. This is really good. It's been a really enlightening experience visiting all these shooting ranges, and what it's taught me is that guns here in Switzerland are a totally different thing than they are in America. Like they're a completely different symbol. They have a very different purpose. They have a very different meaning. And that's kind of surprising to me because remember that the United States was founded on a lot of the same paradigms as Switzerland when it came to having a militia and having firearms in society as a form of collective defense. So to understand how these two gun cultures so greatly diverged despite having similar roots, you have to understand what happens after the Constitution, after the Second Amendment. I have the right to protect my family and myself. 
What do you think about American gun culture? Like, what's the what's the view? Bonkers. <laughs> like the, the fact that everybody has a gun in America. It would make me feel uneasy. I'm used to being in the proximity of guns and a lot of guns. I don't know how you guys do it. And if he tries to take our guns, he can take them from our cold dead hands. There has been a shooting at a synagogue. Get off of my porch right now. Gun control, all it's going to do is take the guns out of the people that obey the law. Three people are killed in Jacksonville, Florida today after what appears to be a racially motivated hate crime. So after its independence, the U.S. quickly learned that while a militia is great for defense, deterrence, and neutrality, it is not good for one thing. Conquest. Beginning in the 19th century, the U.S. expanded west very quickly. They fought other European colonists and Native Americans for their land. They would eventually fight each other in a civil war. These kinds of operations were too big for militias made up of everyday citizens. Instead, they needed to establish and fund a centralized professional standing army. And this was just the beginning. By the time the 1900s rolled around, the U.S. had grown into something that Switzerland never was and probably never will be. An expansionist empire, using its sprawling permanent military to wield influence around the globe. By the middle of the century, it would become the largest and most powerful military to have ever existed. Because the U.S. had a huge standing army, it did away with a lot of the original laws requiring people to join the militia. And now, without a duty to form a militia to protect the country from invasion and insurrection like the Constitution said, they were left with just the second half of this amendment, the right to bear arms, and how it should not be infringed. Guns started to become more of a personal tool, a tool to pursue their American dream, to hunt, to protect their family, to exterminate. It's more like the Rainbow style. It's not like I'm going shooting at the target. You don't go shooting somewhere in, 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 in the woods or in the forest. Just don't do that. You go to a shooting range and you get part of the community and then your goal is not just to you know sh- shoot wherever there is. So your goal is to get better. And your goal is not just to shoot around. Guns continued to take on a more personal symbol in the 60s and 70s, when more and more Americans were losing trust in their government. This was also right at the time when crime was skyrocketing in America. Without this duty for collective defense, guns became more and more a symbol of personal defense from all of this crime, personal liberty, and a symbol of this growing anti-government sentiment. And as a result, the number of guns in America soared. The NRA, which, remember, after the Civil War, started as a largely non-political group that was meant to just help Americans be more responsible and better marksmen, they got taken over in the 70s by a group of hardliners who wanted to change the agenda of the NRA, turning it into a political lobbying group that was set on reshaping the way Americans thought about the Second Amendment and making sure that no legislation ever made it through that curtailed gun rights. They began pushing an interpretation of the Second Amendment that was about individual protection, a right to bear arms so that you can protect yourself, and trying to de-emphasize the connection to a well-regulated militia as the purpose for this right to bear arms. In the face of this relentless onslaught, 
onslaught of gun control schemes, you're the reason the Second Amendment still stands. You're the tip of the spear. You're the ones that make it possible for us every day to defend this freedom. And it totally worked. The Second Amendment became more and more a guarantee that everyone can have guns to protect themselves and their family, having nothing to do with protecting the country. After all, we had the biggest military in the world. We didn't need a militia anymore. Don't let Hillary leave you protected with nothing but a phone. The NRA Political Victory Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. This interpretation of guns and the Second Amendment would become solidified in a five to four vote in the Supreme Court in 2008. When the court ruled that the Second Amendment guaranteed people to have guns, even when those guns have no relationship to an armed militia. So this is why the United States has more guns than any country on earth, because the courts have ruled that guns are an individual right, a right to bear arms. Every year, 20,000 murders occur with a gun. Thousands of children and teens are killed with a gun. Hundreds of deaths are caused by gun accidents. Hundreds of mass shootings. And of course, the leading cause of gun violence, suicides. Tens of thousands of lives taken with guns. But we can't seem to do much about it because as long as guns remain an individual right, now deeply woven into American identity, any effort to try to pass reasonable laws to try to limit these countless deaths that we have in our country will continue to fail. Especially as the NRA continues to politicize guns, to use them to divide America, to scare America, and to make us feel like we need guns to be safe. The facts are on our side. Guns save lives. And you'll never stop us from defending our families. My last visit was an important one to this gun shop where the owner is Swiss, but is a card-carrying member of the NRA and a big fan of American gun culture. I had to get his take on this. These are the best assault rifles in the world. Really? These are, yes. Wow, what, what makes them so good? Why are they so good? They're Swiss made. <laughs> <laughs> any questions? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You don't need to say any more. What do you feel when you look at American gun culture? It's very, very interesting. Uh, from the gun system, from the gun laws, I would like to live in the States, yeah. but not with all the dumb asses around. Uh. I, don't, I don't know why there are so many um, deaths, mm -hmm. um, accidents with firearms. Yeah. And here, nothing. Yeah. I don't know why. Why are the, the, the US citizens so stupid and let a loaded firearm there on the table with, with kids one, two, three years old. Yeah. I don't know why. You need some rules, some. Yeah. Our government, they support shooting clubs. Yeah. They, they do support ammo. Mm -hmm. They support shooting ranges. Yeah. They, they support the guys who are going to a shooting range. You need rules. Yeah. You need to have it. Yeah. So, here's my conclusion in all of this. I went into this story thinking that I was going to tell a policy story, like how different policies would affect gun culture. And it totally took a different route because I learned sort of halfway through that guns are a symbol. They are a symbol. Yes, they're a weapon. Yes, they are a sports tool, but they are also 
a symbol for the people who wield them. The way we see guns is deeply influenced by the stories and the myths of our societies. Switzerland and the United States have two very different stories. And because of that, they have two very different gun cultures. For Switzerland, having armed citizens who were trained with weapons is what kept them neutral and safe as a group, as a collective. The United States admired this and tried to copy it, and they did for a while. But soon, the demands of an expanding empire allowed that vision to fade and turned the meaning of guns into something different, making it a right for individuals to protect themselves. Most guns in America are not used to protect people. That's not what they're used for. They're often used at a shooting range or hunting or to end someone's life. And yet to the people who hold fast to their firearms as a right, they feel like any change to that, any legislation to change or to limit those guns is a taking away of their right. So the way I see it, as long as guns are an individual right associated with personal protection and personal liberty, not a lot's gonna change in America. We certainly don't stand a chance of having culture, anything like what we've seen here in Switzerland. And that's a shame to me. That's a shame. tell you one last thing which is that we made probably our last batch of the poster that i designed last year it's a poster called all maps are wrong and i'm very proud of it it shows all the ways that you can take our earth and project it onto a 2d plane which always comes with some distortion anyway it's kind of a nerdy map lover thing and if you're into that you should go over and check it out before they're all gone this is probably going to be our last batch so get them while they last and uh, the link's in the description mm -hmm.